You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Welcome to the Ruv English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much as ever for your company. Trust you are well today and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by someone that I'm always joined with here at Roof because she sits next to me every day and it's a treat and a delight every single day of my life. And so I thought I would share some of that joy with you today. It's uh, Margaret Adamsdottir, who, of course, is my colleague here at Roof and runs Roof Polski, which is the Polish service. And so many Polish speakers in Iceland, of course, Margaret, you've got your, as we say, work cut out for you, haven't you? Oh, yes. Welcome, uh, Darren. And I must say it's... Uh delight to work with you. I'm very happy. Oh, stop, stop. <laughs> yes, I have my work cut out. Uh, I think we've reached over 20,000 by now. And I read somewhere recently that the group of Polish speakers in Iceland is approaching 30,000. So obviously the service is very, very needed. Mm-hmm. What do you think the attraction is then for Polish people in Iceland? Being Polish yourself, you've been here a long time. You fell in love with the place as so many people do. I think the attraction is uh, the security and many similarities that the two nations hold, even though um, maybe they're not very obvious, but uh, somehow we managed to work out a, a pretty good relationship, I think. All right, well, let's take a look at some of the stories that have been making the news over the last few days uh, on this episode of the Roof English podcast, which still incorporates the week in Iceland. And we should start by being honest, because... We're sitting here on Friday morning having this conversation. So when this goes out, or when it's published on Monday, the winner of Songva Kepnin will have been announced. We don't know what it is right now, and we're not going to pretend that we do, because it's Friday and not Monday. So it's quite exciting, really, isn't it? You know, when this goes out, we, we will know, but we don't know right now. No, we don't know, and we certainly have our favourites, and uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see, because I, I was really... Um, sure who was going to win after the mm. first semi-final and then after the second I'm not so sure anymore well what I think is great about the five finalists is there's a real range of different styles there isn't there so there's lots for people to choose from as they will over the course of the weekend but yeah the next the next time we speak uh, we will know who has won and which song is going to be proceeding to the Eurovision Song Contest held in the UK this year on behalf of Ukraine. Right, let's um, start with something which has dominated conversation on the week in Iceland in recent weeks. Not quite so much now because we're in a sort of holding period. This is the ongoing dispute between the union Epling and the business body SA. And as things stand, strikes suspended until the 8th of March, which is the middle of next week, because of this mediation proposal, which is now going to be voted on by both bodies. Yes, and it's uh, quite funny, actually, that it's uh, practically the same proposal that has already Mm. been made by the previous mediator. But as the the head of uh, Epling Union uh, said, uh, it wasn't presented according to the law. So the only difference is that it's basically the same, but it has been done correctly according to the law. And therefore now she has agreed to, to, to let it happen which i think is is a relief because i think we we were all thinking like oh my goodness when when is going to be a break mm. in this case yeah. so i think everybody is pretty relieved that something has like the next step has been taken 
there are some substantial changes. Though, if you work as a maid in a hotel, it's a substantial change that you will see yourself going up by one salary grade after three months in the job. You'll get a new job title as well. And drivers, because drivers in fuel distribution have been striking too, they if they are licensed to transport hazardous material, they will now get special compensation as well. So there are some important changes here. It's not exactly the same as the proposal that was rejected for the, the reasons that you, you mentioned. No, it is it is not. These are certainly the bonuses and, and, and good things that will uh, happen for uh, those workers. Uh, but in general, I think, um, well, it's not like there has been any revolutionary change in that proposal. Uh, the funny thing for me is that SA, uh, SA uh, had, has been a little bit angry about having to, uh, to pay uh, everybody from the 1st of November, which I think is absolutely fair, mm. because if everybody else got the raise from the 1st of November, so, so should Epling workers. And I do not understand what kind of... Uh, thinking it is that 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 they should be treated differently. So I, I'm I'm happy to hear that that it is voted on. Well, Epling or SA, I should say, did resist that retroactivity, the backdating of the changes to uh, the beginning of November last year. But the head of SA has said something along the lines of, "We have accepted that this is necessary. We've got to make this concession for the deal to be, well, not for it to go through, but for it to be voted on. And of course, this will require the union and." SA to approve the measure. We'll find out next week if this long-running dispute is actually coming to an end. Of course, we just don't know at the moment. No, and it's uh, actually the the voting uh, the voting will answer that. So it's actually in the in the hands of Epling members themselves. Mm. So uh, maybe we should definitely encourage all of those who are listening to go and vote. And, uh, and 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 we'll see what happens. Uh, and yes, as you said, both sides have stated that they're maybe not necessarily super happy with how mm. it has turned out, but it's necessary at this point to take a decision. And and I think everybody is welcoming mm. this 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 moment now that the decision yeah. will be taken. And stepping away from the work ban or the lockout, which Epling would have had imposed upon all of their members by SA, I mean, that really would have, in a country of 360,000 people, if you take 20,000 people out of the workforce, that's going to have huge effects, not just in Reykjavik in the southwest, which is Epling's area, but right across the country. So I, I think everybody wants to avoid that, at least, don't they? Yes, they do. And, you know, it's we're, we're talking about Keplavik Airport, yep. obviously. Um, uh, distribution of fuel mm -hmm. to the airport, at the airport. And yes, lots of people, uh, I, I've heard voices of, of people being anxious, uh, being nervous about what's going to happen to them. Because even if they weren't agreeing with a strike, ultimately they would have had to stop working. And uh, also they couldn't work overtime. So yes, it would have been pretty hard and harsh reality for some. All right. I was in Olavsvik a couple of days ago for a podcast that you'll hear on the Roof English podcast service in the next few weeks. But I was uh, reminded of a story as I drove to Olavsvik from a few days ago about the state of the roads, particularly in West Iceland, also in the West Fjords as well. Uh, it has been a very severe winter, even by Icelandic standards, but that has left so many of the roads with just the most incredibly huge potholes, even in the city centre, even parking in, in Reykjavik outside our flat. You can see the road has sustained a 
a huge amount of damage. So it is the priority, they say, of Vigor Gethin to, to get this done. They say they're filling the potholes as quickly as they are, are reported, but there are a lot to deal with, aren't there? Oh, yes, and I remember last year it was uh, the same, kind of, maybe not the same, but similar. And actually what happened was that in Reykjavik, on the main road, on Miklabreit, there were such big holes that people ruined their, their cars because they haven't seen what they were driving into. And uh, I think this winter have been even worse than the last one. Yeah. So I'm imagining that the roads will be pretty bad. Um, and the West Iceland, yes, I remember those, those roads because I really like driving in those areas. Um, but to be honest, um, the the bit between uh, Snæfellsnes and Bildedalur, mm. I have been living here for 20 years, and I've never and I've I never remember that being good. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a road that's kind of over being overlooked mm -hmm. regularly, and maybe because it's not the road that's taken by many, um, it's just very very bad. Yeah, I think, well, West Iceland is a beautiful part of the country. It is described as Iceland in miniature as well. So increasingly it's going to be investigated by tourists who want a little bit more than just the Reykjavik experience and the Golden Circle experience. And as that happens, there's going to be a need to improve the roads. More people are going to use them, more people are going to live in these areas too. I think filling in the potholes as they're reported isn't maybe going to get the job done in the future, is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. There should be just like a major improvement and, and, and a revamping of, of the roads, especially uh, in, in those areas, yes. Because this area, Westfjords, is becoming increasingly more and more popular. It's just so different and so, so much more remote. I actually wonder if it will become more accessible, if it will keep that mysterious uh, vibe or not, um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that the Westfjords particularly still feel as maybe for tourists perhaps, feel as Iceland did 20 or 30 years ago to an extent. But inevitably, as people learn of their charms and as people fly in or drive in, if they take a bit more time, if they're here for a couple of weeks instead of a few days, people are going to investigate Isafjörda and, and other towns in the Westfjords. And, um, the, you know, once they get a taste for it, they're going to come back as well. So it's all to the good. I think there is a, a need for better infrastructure. And maybe once this the effects of this winter are out of the way, that's what we're going to see. Now, here on the Roof English podcast service, of course, our shows appear as podcasts. They appear digitally. They pop into your Spotify or Apple uh, devices or however you choose to um, listen. We don't broadcast this service on the radio and indeed here at Rouve in the last few days one of the very traditional methods of broadcasting in the east of the country has come to an end. This is the uh, huge transmitter, the third biggest structure indeed in the entirety of the country at Eder in the east of Iceland. Uh, which broadcast on longwave radio signals from Raus Et and, and Raus Tvo has been not just switched off but demolished. So this giant structure was switched off on Monday and then ripped down on Wednesday of last week. And maybe if you've seen the footage, this thing just folded like a bit of string, didn't it? Yes, it was quite amazing uh, and very, very uh, strange to see because I, I, you know, I thought it was going to fall like a tree, mm. kind of, mm -hmm. to the side. And then it folded so neatly and basically <laughs> went down so peacefully. But yeah. it, it sang. 
as it went down. Have you seen that that uh, clip? There was a clip that was uh, made from a short distance because apparently the the inhabitants of the area they said that the mast would sing. Uh, obviously, the wind would mm-hmm. would make it sing, and on all those uh, ropes that were. Uh, cables yes. that were holding it to the ground they would make all sorts of sounds <laughs> so when it went down it also went down with a yeah. with that particular yeah. sound yeah i think you can still find those clips on the roof website and th- th- what really struck me was that there was a drone shot i think once it had fallen and it looked like something from a zombie movie because you had this, <laughs> this shot of this this giant tower just lying in bits on the ground it felt post-apocalyptic thing we were seeing wasn't it Yes, and all those uh, all those metal pieces bent and twisted in all sorts of ways, and then there were people, kind of uh, people from Roof and from uh, mm. al- from the Almanavartnir. They were inspecting how it has fallen, and they were like tapping and clapping <laughs> those things. Yes, it looked quite yeah. uh, quite. Uh, it was a particular look. It was a little bit post-apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Well, the reason that it is being switched off and indeed demolished is that it's very expensive to run long wave transmitters. Most radios can't receive long wave anymore. And the safety and sort of emergency civil defense rule that long wave had is now replicated by the FM transmitters, of which Roof has, I think, 230 across the country. Um, so a very great you know, coverage of the, the country on FM. No need really for long wave anymore. But it's sort of, I mean, for, for a radio person like me, it's kind of sad to see that happen. And the, and the biggest structure in Iceland, uh, at Hedlisandur in the west, that's going to come down in the next couple of years as well. That, that's going to be a big site. Yes, well, that probably will be like an event itself. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, suppose it would be otherwise because it's mm. over 400 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meters tall and it is second biggest structure of this kind in Europe. It is uh, quite ominous, to be honest. I stopped once when I was uh, driving through Sneifelsnes and I looked up and, uh, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's, very special. It, it is huge. Okay, we have two stories left, which I'm going to combine into happy animal news. It will be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want confirmation that the walrus that came to East Iceland is actually a celebrity? Or shall we start with the unbelievably happy news of the reindeer that was saved from a snowy death maybe maybe the dramatic one of of saving the reindeer okay let's start there this is uh, rudolf as he's been dubbed obviously near dalatangi so again in east iceland you can describe the photo of the rescued reindeer before we get into the story yes it it seems to be a young reindeer and it's covered with a red cape he looks a little bit like a superman or something or maybe a santa's reindeer with this red yes but the cape is hanging like on his shoulders (laughs) and uh, you can see that that the animal obviously is a little bit tired Mm. and um, but it's really good to see to see the animal come that that he's in the shelter yeah. and and he's taking care of and it was quite uh, amazing that they actually found the poor thing mm. because it was completely unseen the dog found it yes, on, dog. on the walk yeah. and then uh, the rescue was quite complicated because they had to dig and 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 climb down a hole uh, into the riverbed and then uh, pull out the animal and and it was quite a feat of 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 this family the wonderful rescue they have accomplished 
and as you say, well done to the dogs because they started sniffing and pawing at the stream. They knew that something was there and they did what dogs do and they were trying to discover. And there's a, how much did you and I enjoy this video this week? There's a wonderful video from Adelheather, who is the person who essentially with her family, I think, rescued the reindeer. Uh, her Facebook video is of Rudolf trying to walk on the ice firstly. So it's still very icy where he was, falling over and falling over and falling over. And eventually he he's able to get onto his feet and, and, and within about 30 seconds, he's running down the road quite happily. Yes, it was very, very um, sweet and, and uh, kind of them to do that. And also uh, because he wasn't eating, I, and they thought he was very stressed, they decided to let him go. Mm. But it was a little bit heartbreaking to see him falling over on the ice and the girl cheering Adelheider, cheering him on. Oh, come on, oh, from Katlin, you know, mm. g- get mm. off the ice, get off the ice. <laughs> and then when he finally did uh, get onto the grass, yeah. then he, he seemed more stable on his feet. But you could mm. see that his feet were, yeah. were quite uh, unstable, still probably very, hi- very... Um, tired poor thing i can't walk on ice it's one thing i've not mastered here in iceland i have no (laughs) sense (laughs) no sense of balance (laughs) at all but i was reminded watching that video that's what i'm like on the ice and i'm a human being i'm not a deer that's been trapped under the the icy water for a a, a day I, i can't walk on the ice here no, I don't think anyone can. Uh, someone t- taught me once that you should walk like a penguin. Yes. So you should put your weight forward and take little steps. <laughs> and then obviously uh, buying crampons is the, is the way to go yeah. completely. Uh, well, reindeers cannot do that. But I also suppose in the highlands, they don't have so much ice. There is probably more snow and, mm. and it's softer. <laughs> so they don't land on ice so, so, so much. All right, from uh, Rudolf the rescued reindeer to Thor, the walrus, um, who was in Berithelsvik. And this story started with the discovery of the walrus on a pontoon, a floating sort of pier thing in the town. And it wasn't until a few days later that we learned of his fame. Oh my goodness, it was so inspiring to learn that he has swum, what, 1,360 kilometers from a town in UK. Yeah, yeah, just That's where trip. he, yeah, just on this trip. And he, he has been seen all over Europe. This is an amazing animal that is obviously very curious about the world and very, very, um, in very good health, um, very strong to be able to do those trips. And, and, and I'm, I was... I was really uh, inspired to see that <laughs> that people have taken uh, um, pictures of him and they they've known him and they traced him and there this this scientist has or ornithologist who was that that this that recog- recognized him after the the patterns on his skin. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm very grateful to uh, Rune Awe. Uh, from the University College of Ostfold in Norway because he has sent me a link to a Google map which I'll let you see just now, showing the journey thus far that has been made by Thor. And of course, it's not just, as you say, coming from the UK, coming from the north of England, but he's been around the coast of the Netherlands and Belgium uh, and France and and, and in the southern part of the UK as well. Um, He's not being tracked at the moment, but we assume he's going north to be with his walrus friends. Uh, yes, it's quite a feat. He's probably been around more than us. <laughs> I would think so, yes. yes. <laughs> and all those countries. And it was very funny because they stopped uh, the New Year's fireworks in one of the towns because he was uh, laying there 
um, very happily um, uh, on the beach, <laughs> uh, doing all sorts of things. And uh, yes. so they decided <laughs> not to disturb him, him in his in his uh, little paradise, and and so they postponed the firework display, which I think is is really nice of the of the little town. You've been determined to get this detail into the story, haven't you? Yes, I was, because I have never heard in my life about a masturbating walrus before. I don't think any of us have. <laughs> until, until well, apparently, apparently that, that's a thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and, and postponing <laughs> a whole firework display for, for that is, is, I think, it's, it's a big step for, for humanity. I'll never forget the look on your face when I alerted you to that part of the story and you just said, but how is it possible? Yeah, I didn't know. And then apparently uh, you, can, you can Google the... the there is a video uh, of the walrus <laughs> <laughs> on that beach in England, and then you will understand how that is possible for the curious ones that are interested in, yeah. in, in the animal <laughs> behavior. And you'll find that link in Margaret's Favorites. Uh, no. <laughs> no, not there yet, but who knows? <laughs> it's, just, it's just really, really funny. It's a story that ends very well for Thor the walrus because he, when he first came to the town, uh, to, to Bredsdorsvik, a lot of people were commenting on the story. But by the way, we got just enormous numbers of people looking at this story on Roof English. I think it was the same on, on your service as well. But a lot of people thought, well, he's obviously very old and therefore he's tired and you know people need to be a bit more understanding if it's this elderly walrus who's you know maybe close to to death not so he's between three and five years of age and walruses live to 40 so if you were concerned for his welfare as a lot of people were uh, don't worry he's he's very young and he's he's happily on his way north <laughs> yes he is but he it was really funny because uh, the first story that appeared was a grumpy walrus yeah that's how yeah. he was called because he was uh, huffing and puffing at people when approaching him because but not because he was sick but because he was just tired of yes. his journey yes. but he's a happy youngster just uh, discovering the world it seems and uh, i'm really excited to to hear where he's gone next and maybe he'll be back in Iceland one day who knows okay well listen thank you very much uh, as ever for your time Margaret today and if you are a Polish uh, speaker of course you can find Margaret's service at www.roof.is slash Polski and also you can listen to a weekly podcast called Vespa which means the island Okay, and we finish today with a piece of music let's play out with Operator by Kul uh, on the Roof English podcast service. Get in touch with us anytime. We are English at ruv.is.
You're listening to the Roof English Podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.